0: And welcome. It is three minutes after one o'clock on your Sunday. Good to have here uh, live on uh, News Talk 1010. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about employment law over the next hour. So a chance for you to call in is happening right now. We'd love to get you on air. Ask your questions. I know you got a billion of them. So uh, don't hesitate. Don't be bashful to do so. You're asking questions that thousands of others have always wondered about the workplace and their employment laws and employment rights as well. It's uh, concerning for all of us. So so bring it on. You can do it right now. 416-872-1010. Again, lines are open here just after one o'clock on a Sunday, 416-872-1010 to call into the station. Email is answers at employmentlawyer.ca, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, moving forward, we're going to get into our topic of all about constructive dismissal. What is it? Break it down, some examples, and all about that topic is on the way over the next hour in between your phone calls. And if we've got some time, we'll try to get through a few email as well. But uh, John School is here and of course, Lior Sam few Employment Lawyer is joining us once again. If you've not caught our show, uh, when Wednesdays at 9 30 PM on CP twenty four. Ask a lawyer every week as well. You can watch us for half an hour doing our uh, doing our thing on the small screen. Anyway, brother, we always start off with the case of the day. A week that was. What do you got cooking on your end, hey John? Employment law is what I have cooking, and this is
1: employment law is what I'm about to serve. So that's exactly <laughs> the reason for this show. It's the reason why. We all uh, are tuning in because we need to know our workplace rights. We need to know what to do if we're faced with a workplace issue. Sometimes things go great in the workplace and we don't really care about employment law. But oftentimes, unfortunately, there are situations that come up when we take a step back and we ask ourselves wait a second, is this legal? Is this right? Do I have rights? Do I have options? Well, on this show, we'll tell you everything you need to know in that regard. Maybe it's a situation where you've lost your job and you're upset about that, as I understand how many people are. Maybe it's a situation where your job has changed or your uh, boss is not paying you as he or she should have. Well, whatever the issue or the question, I promise you there are things that you can do and that there's laws that are looking over you. You just need to understand what they are. And by -hmm. by doing and listening to the show, you'll know that. Of course, if you ever want to reach out to me in the office, we'll give you that contact information throughout the show. But let's get going with it. Uh, Let me tell you about a couple of situations that came across my desk. Uh, And by the way, John, I've said many, many times on the show, you know that that an employer generally can let an employee go for any reason. They just have to pay proper severance. Well, there are exceptions to that. And those examples I'm going to talk about uh, right now uh, show us that that's not always the case. I spoke with a gentleman that had been off on a medical leave for a number of months and um, was cleared to come back to work, came back to work, but he was doing very, very different work. In fact, the way he had described it to me is that his job was done, was gone now and they were just making work for him. you know, just trying to keep him busy doing stuff that was not very meaningful as a make work job. Well, he was patient because he hoped that things will go back to normal that you know, over time he'll resume his old position. And he was called into a meeting. Believed that he, he believed that in this meeting they finally tell him things are gonna go back to normal. Well, instead of that, they let him go in this meeting. And of course, very upset uh, about that. And then he called me and he wanted to understand his rights. So, listen, I I am not a mind reader. I don't know what was in the mind of the employer, but I know that the timing here looks very suspicious. They bring him back, they don't really have work for him, and then they let him go. It makes it look like they brought him back because they wanted to let him go, but they knew they can't let him go immediately after he comes back uh, from a medical leave. So they try to say, well, let's bring him back for a little while, for a couple of months, and then we let him go so it doesn't look like we're letting him go because of his medical condition. Well, if I'm right, and that's what they've, what they did here, that's a human rights violation. You can't let someone go because they were sick, because you decide that they're not reliable anymore because they took a disability leave that's illegal. And irrespective of severance, that can't happen. Now, to make matters even worse, John, this person had worked there for seven and a half years. They offered him three months of severance when he's owed more than double that. So we have a wrongful dismissal there as well. Uh, So I'm helping him right now to get this result. But of course, a reminder there for all employees, if you do take a disability leave, a medical leave, something that's backed up by a doctor. You cannot be let go because of it, even if the company tries to pretend that it's not why they're doing that. So if you ever are in that situation, you have to think human rights violation, and you
0: definitely have to give me a call. And by the way, you can do that anytime, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 and answers at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address to use anytime. I want to make you aware as well, there's also a website which has been around for, for many years and it's uh, super useful called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The benefit of that is you can learn so much more even before making a phone call to Leor and his team and uh, enrolled into that, baked into that is the severance calculator, which used to be a standalone website now, Severance Calculator is available at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's exactly what it's meant to do, right? Calculate your severance in about 30 seconds. Again, you can do it anonymously. And over 2 million folks have decided to uh, log in and check it out. 2 million over that have used it over the course of its uh, its lifetime. So you can check it out yourself for free at uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But as mentioned, phone lines are open. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you here. It's uh, just eight minutes after one on a Sunday. Nice and early. 416 872 Ten, ten is the number. What's the uh, second matter we're going to talk about, Bill?
1: So I spoke with another gentleman who, uh, over the the fall, was working a lot of hours. He was really busy at work and, uh, you know, was working long hours, long weeks, and hadn't been paid overtime. So he had reached out to his employer a number of times, saying, "Listen, we got to figure out this overtime stuff here. Uh, we got to, you know, make sure that I get paid, and we got to establish some parameters for this." never heard back, would follow up, never heard back, complete radio silence. Well, hmm. except that silence was broken at some point because guess what? He then gets called into a meeting and gets let go. Now, of course, this employer is not saying we're letting you go because of overtime it demands. But come on, right? We have uh, brains in our heads. We have eyes as well. And it's obvious that what's happening here is this employer didn't want to keep that that employee that was "Quote unquote," the squeaky wheel, the employee that somehow demanded that they get paid for what they were owed and let the person go. Well, guess what? That is illegal. You cannot be let go because you're demanding that your employer comply with its legal obligations, whether it's overtime or vacation pay or minimum wage, whatever it is. If you're going to your employer, knock on the door and say, hey, you got to pay me what you're legally owe me, you cannot be let go because of that. We call that a reprisal. If you get punished, in this case, being let go because you wanted the law to be complied with, there's gonna be significant consequences. So this person is gonna be owed damages. He potentially, by the way, John, can even get his job back with back pay because of what his employer did. So that's not legal. And then really this employer should have known better. A reminder, of course, that over time, is paid if you work more than 44 hours a week, whether or not uh, that's uh hourly job or a salary job, you get paid that time and a half. If your employer doesn't pay that, that's a problem. you got to give me a call. And of course, as I said, you cannot be let go because you're demanding compliance. If you ever find yourself in that situation, if you get punished in any way because you stand up for your rights, let me get involved because that's wrong, and the law does not take that kindly at all.
0: Yeah, for those wondering about that, uh, that overtime metric, Leo, or just break it down quick again, if someone's salary is going overtime, how do I calculate, I'm, I'm on salary, how do I possibly, an hourly worker, easy, but if I'm on salary, how do I know what my overtime is? When do I yeah. start getting it?
1: Uh, pretty easy as well. So all you do if you're on overtime is you you do you take however much you earn in a week, your weekly salary, and you divide that by 44. That gives you an hourly rate anything over 44 hours, you get time and a half. So very, very simple. Weekly salary divided by 44, and then time and a half for anything over 44 hours. Very, very simple, and that's important Mm -hmm. to remember. Some people believe that, well, if I'm on a salary, that's inclusive of overtime. Well, no, it's not inclusive of overtime. Your salary is only good for up to 44 hours a week anything above that, you have to get paid time and a half.
0: Let's uh, get into our topic before we take our first break here, all about constructive dismissal. Now in past shows, we've talked about wrongful dismissal, but we'll flip it around now. What's the difference between a constructive dismissal and for that matter, just a, a regular old dismissal, uh, dismissal?
1: So we all know what a dismissal is. Dismissal is a situation where the company decides you're not going to work for them anymore company makes that decision. You may not be in agreement or be happy about it, but it's the company's decision. They call you into a meeting and they tell you, we've made the decision. You're no longer working here. So you're gone. Goodbye. So that's a dismissal. We know it. We understand it. It's a a very common situation. Well, a constructive dismissal is a bit different. A constructive dismissal is a situation where the employee decides Mm -hmm. that because of something that the employer did, it's as if they were dismissed. So it's still a dismissal, but it's a dismissal that the employee triggers. So the employee is able to say in some situations, wait a second, employer, because of what you did to me, and we'll talk about examples in a sec, but because of what you did to me, I am choosing to look at this situation, to look at what you've done as a dismissal. And because it's a dismissal, I'm leaving, and you still have to pay me my full severance. Now that's very different than a resignation. If you simply resign, then you don't get severance, of course, because it's a resignation. But if it's a constructive dismissal, in other words, the employer did something to you and you're choosing to consider it as a dismissal, your employer still has to pay you your full severance. So that is the difference. Constructive dismissal, you initiate it. Severance has to be paid a wrongful dismissal or a regular dismissal. The employer initiates it. And of course, severance is get, gets paid in that situation as well
0: going to dive deeper into this topic after a short break in the meantime we invite you to join the show here live on this sunday afternoon it's 14. so you got some time to pick up a phone and call 416-872-1010 to get on air with us and email is answers at employmentlawyer.ca we continue the sunday edition of the employment law show here on the bell talk radio network it is 118 on sunday still so got lots of time to give us a call get on air, be that third voice and ask your questions right here leor standing by course to answer them all 416872 1010. 416872 1010. We got open lines and lots of time so bring it on email. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca but we continue with our topic of the day pal all about constructive dismissal. You broke down what it is. Now give us some examples of maybe I guess common constructive dismissal situations. What do you think?
1: So before the break I was saying that a constructive dismissal happens when the employee chooses to consider whatever it is that the employer did as a termination of employment. So the question, of course, becomes now, well, when can you do this? When can you consider the employer's conduct to be a constructive dismissal? Well, there are many examples, but the the most common situations is where the employer makes changes, big changes, to the terms of your employment. So your employer reduces your pay, for example, or your employer demotes you, which can obviously be embarrassing and problematic, or maybe your employer changes your hours of work, your shifts. So in those situations, you can say, well, wait a second employer, we had a deal that I'm gonna work nine to five. You just changed it. You just said, I'm gonna work 12 to eight. Mm -hmm. Well, I am now saying that by doing this, by unilaterally making this move, I'm looking at this as a dismissal, again, constructive dismissal. So I'm gonna leave, I'm not gonna be back here, but you're still gonna have to pay me my full severance. So very important to remember that that is a classic, what I just said, a classic example of a constructive dismissal. Now, not every change results in a constructive dismissal. So if that example that I just gave, instead of changing the shift from 9 to 5 to to 12 to 8, if the employer changed it to 9.30 to 5.30, so kind of a half hour change, yeah, that may not make the employee happy, and I understand that but it's probably not a big enough change to be a constructive dismissal. So we're talking about a significant change where something really that you weren't thinking could happen ends up happening. Now, if you're not sure if what the employer did rises all the way to the level of constructive dismissal, well, the best way to deal with that, of course, is to call me and we can talk about it. We can make sure that it is and talk about what to do. But that's when a constructive dismissal happens, when the employer essentially breaches the terms of employment. They make changes unilaterally without consulting with you, and you're not accepting them. You're saying, that's a dismissal. Now write me my severance check.
0: Yeah, there's a, a section by the way on constructive dismissal at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's a breakdown there as well, so you can go there anytime and uh, use that. So now we'll get on to. I'm going to ask maybe for a few more examples and, and different things when it comes to constructive dismissal. But just and if anybody has this in their head and, and they were thinking to themselves while you were talking about that, Lior, they're going, "Well, I've heard of the other type of dismissal, wrongful dismissal." I want to get to that here in a uh, in a minute too. But again, four one six eight seven two ten ten is the way you uh, call into the show and talk to us. Kim, thanks for taking the time today. How are you?
2: Hi, I'm good.
0: Great. What's up?
2: Um, my question is that um, I had, during COVID, I, our, I work in a very stressful en- environment. I'm like a frontline worker, not like. I am a frontline worker, and um, I had a disagreement with a supervisor she called me up to her office, and then she chased me out of my her office. It was like 7.30 in the morning, and she threatened me. And then she continues to threaten me for about a good 20 minutes, and she followed me down the hall, chased me into the area where there's more staff. And uh, I finally reported to the employer, Now, I work in municipal government, and there is a union that is involved, too. Um, Based on the incident, I was very traumatized by it because it was COVID. We were highly stressed. And the threat that she made to me was very, I I took it deeply because it was on call for. And then I was off work for almost seven months. Now, the employer paid me because again, we are municipal government. But now, um, w- I did file a WSIB claim during that time and they declined the claim and the claim went to long-term disability. And they've now declined the claim and now the employer is saying that I owe them
1: uh, $26,000. So what's the question? The
2: question is, how how do I fight that? And the union is taking way too long to resolve this issue.
1: So, Kim, unfortunately, there are zero options other than through the union uh, grievance process to to deal with this situation. Uh, A unionized employee does not have other options, other recourse, and there's really no exceptions. So, uh, whereas if you were not a unionized employee, there'd be a whole menu of options. In your particular situation, you have to follow the union process. And other than pushing the union and, and following up with the union and kind of being a bit of a thorn in their side there's really not much that you can do Uh, so you'd have to follow that process and and hopefully the union supports you that's one of the frustrations I know many people have in a unionized environment is that they can't do anything about their workplace issue it has to be the union but that's just the way the laws work in Canada if you're a unionized employee you don't really have the rights it's the union that has the rights which means the union is the one that has to pursue it
2: but then the union is with the employer. I find I it they in their pockets and it's taken forever. Like I'm yes. not the only one that have an issue with this individual. This individual has ongoing, a mountain of issues with employers and the employer seems to be shielding and covering this person. Right. And as,
1: as I said, as a unionized employee, there's no other options and no exceptions. So because of that, you're, you're kind of stuck to that process. I, I hear you. And if you and I would be having a very, very different discussion if you were not unionized, but in a unionized environment, you have to leave it to the union. There's really nothing else that you can do.
0: That's a uh, a good thing worth mentioning. as we just take a, a bit of a pause before we get back to the prevliors Or as a union employee, that's for basically everything as far as employment law is concerned. You're bound by that CBA, right? You are, and yeah. and you know you hear us talk about constructive dismissal and wrongful dismissal
1: and all these things on, on the show. Well you should understand that none of that actually applies in a unionized environment. There's actually no constructive dismissal, by the way, in a unionized environment. That only applies to to unionized employees, to non-union mm-hmm. employees. And, you know, we call this show the employment law show, and and one of the things to remember is if you're in a unionized environment, you're not bound by employment law, you're bound by labor law, which is very different. Right. So, unfortunately, you know, the answer is almost always going to be the same if you're a unionized employee is that the union is the one that is allowed and only the union to to help you. You can't hire me. You can't hire another lawyer. It has to be the union.
0: Again, uh, 416-872-1010 to make that call. That's how it works. Get some information, get some uh, some clarity for sure in just a couple minutes by phoning us here on air. But just before the call, I did mention some people are going to be wondering, okay, now you've, you've kind of changed. You, you guys have changed tracks. We were talking constructed dismissal, but I've also heard the term wrongful dismissal. Are they interchangeable? Do they mean the same thing? Break it down.
1: So really wrong or constructive dismissal is a type of wrongful dismissal. Mm -hmm. So what's a wrongful dismissal? A wrongful dismissal really has nothing to do with the reason you were let go. uh, Because as I said uh, earlier, and I say often, an employer generally can let you go for no reason, good reason, bad reason, as long as they pay you severance. So you may say, wait a second, the employer is lying to me. They told me that they let me go because of a restructuring but they just turned around and hired someone to replace me. So they're lying. And you're right, they are lying completely. But that doesn't in itself make it a wrongful dismissal. Your employer can do that if they have to pay you proper, as long as they pay you proper severance. Now 90% of people, when they're let go, over 90% in fact, in fact have been wrongfully dismissed. Why? Because in over 90% of cases, the employer does not pay proper severance. That's where I get involved. I make sure you get the compensation that you're owed. That's why you hear me talk about severance so often on the show, because from a legal standpoint, that's where the employer's obligations are when it comes to severance. Now, constructive dismissal is simply a situation where you've been let go or have chosen to consider your employment as being terminated, and now you're out severance. So because your employer didn't pay you that severance, you have to fight to get it. It's still a wrongful dismissal. So constructive dismissal really is a type of wrongful dismissal. And a constructive dismissal also comes down to severance. Uh, and you, you it's not difficult to get. I want to make sure that people understand that it's not even a constructive dismissal. As long as you can show what, what it is that your employer did that change the term of employment that your employer has implemented, yeah, it's not complicated to get your severance. So, yeah, they're very similar constructive dismissal
0: and wrongful dismissal. And again, you can always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You'll scroll down. You'll see a, uh, a banner there, Constructed Dismissal. Hit on the Use Tool icon, and it'll give you a breakdown, answer a few questions, and you'll be much more educated. Rather than the 30 seconds before you went to that website, how about that? Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Simple and anonymous. Call in. You got uh, time. We got yeah, lots of open lines, and we still got plenty of show left to go here on this uh, Sunday afternoon. 416 872 1010 is the phone number you want to drop an email by if we got some time later on answers at employmentlawyer.ca just that simple we continue employment law show on the bell t- you betcha we are back and it 34 uh, here and uh, we'll continue the employment law show still so got lots of time to grab a phone call us talk to us 416 872 1010 is how you go about doing that email is answers at employmentlawyer.ca as we continue our topic uh, for this afternoon on a Sunday and that is all about constructive dismissal I was thinking this will during the break, how about to, maybe maybe it's the the biggest example of, maybe not, but I'll ask you, Lior, is workplace harassment, is that a type of constructive dismissal, can it be?
1: So we talked
0: about the fact
1: that an employer changes the terms of your employment, reduces your pay, reduces Mm -hmm. your hours, that is often a constructive dismissal, but you're absolutely right, workplace harassment is uh, a common, unfortunately, a common occurrence that results in a constructive dismissal, and here's how that plays out. We all, of course, have a right to work in a harassment-free work environment. All of us. Doesn't matter if we work for a big company or a small company, whatever our job is, we have that right. Well, what happens if that right gets breached? That right gets violated. Somehow we end up working in a poisoned work environment. We end up working in a in a difficult work environment. Well, if the employer allows that to happen, if your employer doesn't fix that and, and creates a, a situation where you're working in that poison environment, well, again, they've changed the terms of employment and that can absolutely result in a constructive dismissal. So really, you know, looked at it more broadly is anything that happens in the workplace that makes it difficult uh, to, to continue working, what well, could absolutely result in a constructive dismissal? That's why harassment, is a good example of that. And usually when we're talking about workplace harassment, one of the the main remedies that's available is to say, let's get you out of there. Let's Mm -hmm. consider this a constructive dismissal, get you out of there, get you paid, so you don't have to continue working. So yes, if you're a victim of constructive dismissal, if you've tried, not of constructive dismissal, of workplace harassment, and if you've tried to resolve it and you're still dealing with that difficult situation, guess what, it may be time to say, enough is enough that's a constructive
0: dismissal you know over the last couple of years uh, my questions to you have always been you know leor as a result of covid have you seen more dot 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 and this one is no different i'm gonna ask you about constructive dismissal in that regard in just a minute But when we get back to the uh, the phone calls in between again 416-872-1010 it would be pat on the line hi pat thanks for taking the time how are you hey pat we got Pat. i'm not hearing Pat. hello Hey, Pat. You there? Hey, how's it going? going? Good. What's up?
2: Good, good. Lior, so I have a question. It's on behalf of my Mm -hmm. cousin. She works at a medical office, and the uh, physician is basically about 18 months ago told all the employees that uh, he may be retiring in 18 months, which expires at the end of this month, end of December. Uh, Now, it doesn't look like he's retiring as of yet, but, so he's told everybody in that letter that uh, if the practice continues, everybody has to join as a contract worker. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out here, is he trying to avert severance because he gave them 18 months ago this letter and how should my cousin govern herself here going forward?
0: Love doctors.
1: Excellent question, Pat. So first of all, that, that 18 months is nonsense, doesn't count. And it doesn't count because of what you said, which is, he said, listen, I may be retiring at 18 months, that's nonsense. for, For the 18 months to count, he would have had to say, heads up, I'm telling you right now that 18 months from now, on this specific date, you are out of a job. If he had said that in writing, definite and unequivocal, then that 18 months notice would have counted towards their severance. But if it's more of a, listen, maybe I'll retire, I'll let you know, but I'm thinking about it Nonsense. That does not count as no- notice, which means your 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 cousin there has to get paid full severance. Now, if uh, her boss comes to her and says, now I want you to become a contractor, well, the answer is going to be, I mean, unless she wants to, the answer can absolutely be, no thanks. I'm going to continue working in my current job until you tell me to stop. And if the employer says, No, you're not working anymore, then severance has to be paid. So there's really no way for this uh, employer to avoid paying her severance. So my best advice would be continue working. Have her continue doing her job the same way she always has until and unless her employer tells her to stop. Right. Now I've got my cousin here, but like did he Mm -hmm. say that you have to take a different salary? Uh, Nothing. No. Nothing said. No. Okay, so she can just continue then, I guess. Continue working as usual if and when he does something. If he changes her salary, her hours, if he tells her not to come in, if anything of consequence changes, then, yes, severance has to be paid. That triggers severance. And all you have to do at that point is call me at the office. We'll get you that severance. But the good news is that that the employer, the doctor here, can't rely on those 18 months. uh, So full severance has to be paid. And, by the way, how long has your cousin been there? 25 years. Oh, well. Yeah, then we could be looking at as much as two years severance, right? So it's right. enough. It's a significant amount here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if he can, let her continue working as she has, no yeah. problem. And the letter, if anything of consequence changes, then right. uh, she calls me and I deal with it. Okay, so the letter means nothing at this point. It means absolutely nothing. Okay, great. Thanks, Leah.
0: Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. and uh, best of luck there. And uh, by the way, to reach out, which will probably happen sometime, I would imagine, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, Pat, and for you as well, if you're listening, to reach Lior after the show at the firm and his colleagues, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But yeah, lots of time still here, four one six eight seven two ten ten. Which is exactly what I say every show. I mean, Pat, right there. Now has a concrete answer. He's got clarity. He took about forty-five seconds talking to you, Leor. But you know, even if the doctor said, "Oh, you're all going to be contractors now," that's not going to wash legally. We've we've done a complete we've done complete shows plural on contractors, and if their job hasn't changed, if they're employees, they can't magically become contractors anyway, regardless of what paper he throws at them. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that that's that's last por- uh, portion, last sentence. There is key. You may have signed the document that says, "I am turning into a contractor," and the the inclination maybe to think well i signed it it says that so i must it must be the case Mm -hmm. no it doesn't actually matter what you sign because you can't change the legal status of what you are just by signing a piece of paper the law determines what you are and if you've already been an employee you can't really become a contractor unless something major changes like all of a sudden you're working for seven companies and you're uh you know running a business then no so yes i see this very often employers think, whoa, what, what? how nice would it be? How much money can we save if we just turn our employees into contractors? Does not work that way. It doesn't mean anything, doesn't do anything. And if you try to do that, by the way, you can get into trouble with CRA, which you don't want to do. Yeah. So if like in this situation with Pat, if your employer says, "I want I want you to be a contractor, if you're getting pushed into that situation, you have to give
0: me a call. Again, that number, guys, 1855 821 5900 to reach out. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Send an email along. But yeah, we got lots of time. Bring it on. 416-872-1010 to call into the uh, the radio station. Back to our uh, chat. Lior, as we uh, go uh, make our way through constructed dismissal, um, and I mentioned this off the top, this is something that I've asked you so many times about different topics. Over the last you know couple years, I would say, have you seen an increase in the constructive dismissal because of, of course, COVID and the pandemic.
1: Absolutely. The the pandemic, from my perspective, has been the time of constructive dismissal Mm -hmm. because the pandemic has caused many employers to have to make changes, whether it's to reduce staff or to restructure, change hours, uh, change job descriptions. And that's happened often. And I want to say something here that The employer may be doing those things for good business reasons they may not be picking on the employee they're not necessarily doing that to to hurt anyone they're doing that because that's the right thing for their business oftentimes the, the pandemic requires that to happen but despite that even if the employer is making changes for good reasons, it does not change the fact that it could still be a constructive dismissal. So constructive dismissal doesn't just happen when your employer is being a jerk and you know being nasty to you. Absolutely not. If your employer is changing your shifts because uh, th- th- it's better for the business and now it makes sense for everyone to start working at noon instead of working at nine, That may be very admirable for the employer, but it's still a constructive dismissal. It's still a significant change to the terms of employment. So I've been seeing that so many times, literally hundreds of times over the past couple of years, employers making changes because of the pandemic, that's still a constructive dismissal. So you have to keep that in mind if you're faced uh, faced with those changes,
0: yeah, and we've often said, sometimes we'll get the follow up phone call saying, "Lior, why are you telling people that? You know, I'm a business owner. Why are you telling them that I stole them severance? You know, why are you kicking me when I'm down? It's not you telling them this; it's the law, right? I have no
1: say in deciding whether someone has to get paid severance or whether a situation is a constructive dismissal. Uh, all I am is a lawyer. I don't have any more say than a doctor deciding whether you're sick or not, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a doctor can only treat your sickness as a lawyer i can only do what the law says uh is in place so don't get upset with me it's the law and and i certainly believe that if we have laws everyone should comply with them you don't get a a free pass just because you want one so yeah the law is the law and uh we have to live with it
0: And with that, we'll continue our discussion, constructive dismissal, maybe get into a few emails uh, as we get to the bottom half of the show, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And that phone call, bring it on. Love to talk to you. We're taking them right now, 416-872-1010. And then there's always uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That website is free and anonymous for you to use as well. We'll continue. This is the Employment Law Show right here on the Bell Talk Radio Network. All Welcome back. 149 Sunday afternoon. Loving it. Thank you so much for joining us. John Scholes here. And of course, Employment Lawyer, Leor Sam Firou, always in attendance and ready to go. Anytime you want to reach out to Lior when the show is done on the Sunday, you can do so. 1-855-821-5900. And that is uh, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. That's for the email, but we always take them live on the air. Love talking to you here. 416-872-1010. Deborah, you are up next. Thank you so much for taking the time. How are you today?
3: Thank you very much.
0: Brilliant. What's your question? Okay.
3: Okay. I called back about three, almost four months ago because my employer decided to just cut my shifts. Because what happened was a girl went on Matley's. I didn't get any of her of her regular shifts at all. Other people did, and then when she came back, he just started cutting my shifts. When I spoke to him, they said that I had no recourse because I had already gone and accepted that schedule. But he's already lined it up now for January 1st to do it all over again and make. It's a very busy uh, breakfast restaurant, and I have no breakfast shifts whatsoever. So, like, he's completely cut my money more than in half, including ours. Um, I've been there a year and a half. I know that's not a long time. But during that time, like, it's the human rights resort, like, uh, sorry, I don't want to get all upset. Like, at one point, I left because I was choking. And I, I dislodged it by throwing up as hard as I could. And I peed myself. So I did. And they were angry at me because I wouldn't wait an hour in waitress until someone else came in. She told me I'm going to get written up if it ever happens again. Like things like that that I've dealt with, but I have a I have two kids. I'm a single mother and I have I have to have money. Right? Anyway, so I'm wondering come January, what would be my first steps to do? I have notes like you recommended for the past 4 months of all the crazy things that happened there. So, Terrible Deborah, things.
1: when did they reduce your shifts? You said that when that person came back from maternity leave. When was that?
3: The first about two months ago two or three months ago
1: so the problem, Deborah, is that, you know, if it happened, say, three months ago, by now you're you're considered to have yes. accepted the changes. And, and the problem yeah. with that, it gets worse that by accepting those changes, you've given the company the right to do it again. So let's say, as an example, three months ago they reduced your hours, I don't know, by 20%, just as an example. Well, by, by letting that happen, they can do that again now in January. They can reduce it again because they've established that that history that you accepted. Okay, but, That's why whenever your hours are reduced, your pay is reduced, it's very important to deal with it right away uh, because otherwise you find yourself in a situation. So there's probably not going to be a lot that you can do if you're going to face a further reduction in January just because of what happened three months ago.
3: Okay, but three months ago, he only cut one of my shifts, and it was only like a, a seven-hour difference. This time it's because the girl is coming back from mat leave starting on January 1st, and he's giving her my shift. So it is so, really an
1: issue, isn't it? it? It is. It is and it isn't. I mean, I obviously, I want to understand a bit more. The problem is, again, even those seven hours that, that he cut off, he didn't have a right to do that. But by accepting that, by creating that record, then he now can change your hours now that he wants to change it instead of seven hours by 15 hours or whatever it is, then it, he probably can do that. But then again, I I, I I could be convinced otherwise. So happy to chat with you off air to really get down into the details of this. But the concern here, and this is important for all our listeners to understand, exactly as with Deborah's situation, is if you ultimately accept a change, you're not happy, you don't like it, but you accept it, the problem with that is you give your employer the right to do it again and again and again, and then you may be stuck. So you really have to think long and hard whether you want to do that.
0: Deborah, appreciate the time. Got to move on again. You can always have the option of an email uh, as well, answers at employmentlawyer.ca, but here and now, 416 872 1010. Ram, thanks for hanging on. How are you?
4: Hi, not too bad, Chief. Not too bad. I've got a a question for you. I've got Mm -hmm. a company, and um, um, we've got a contract that uh, my employees signed before they're given the job. And one of the clause states that um, that if they're going to be leaving, um, they must give the company 2 weeks notice. Now, most of the time these guys can leave without giving us notice uh, my question is what is my option
1: so ram here's how that works ultimately that if they don't give you two weeks notice that's a breach of contract but to be able to do something about it you have to show that because they didn't give you that notice you've suffered financial losses and you suffered them because they didn't give notice. In other words, if they had given you two weeks notice, you would not have suffered them. So maybe that means that because they didn't give you enough notice, you lost business, or because right. they didn't give you enough notice, you had to pay overtime to a bunch of people, so that cost you more money. So if you have financial losses, you can take legal action against the employee for those losses. If it's if there's no financial losses, it just makes your life more difficult. Unfortunately, as a, as a practical matter, there's nothing that you can do.
4: I say, so in spite of everything else, I mean, uh, like it's in the trucking business. So if, if, if there's a driver working, um, and then all of a sudden decided to quit a new, now you've got, and you don't get a driver within the next month or so, um, to start driving that, that truck. So what is the option there is you have to dig, go to court. And um, and uh, put a claim on these people, or what? What's
1: the situation like? Well, so you have two two situations: one where the employee gave you notice, and one where they don't. If you can show that because they didn't give you two weeks, you've suffered financial losses, then yes, you can you can sue them, right? You can take legal action, but you'd have right. to show that you know. I, I would have been absolutely fine. I wouldn't have lost any money if they just gave me my two weeks notice. But they didn't. They left immediately. So because of that, over the two weeks, I had to pay this person. I, I, I lost this business. So I lost $5,000 or whatever it is. Well, in that right. case, I, you you, you mm-hmm. can take legal action against the employee for $5,000. But I, you have to have the, the corresponding financial loss. The law can mm-hmm. only compensate you for financial losses. They can't compensate you because someone was not doing what they're supposed to, but if they didn't do what they were supposed to and because of that you suffered money, you lost money, then you absolutely can pursue that against them. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay, thank you.
0: Thank you, Ram. Appreciate the call and the time as well, reaching out uh, further to Lior and his team for you as well, if you're listening to that call and joining us this afternoon, one 855 821 answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's get back into our uh, chat here with the remaining uh, couple minutes. Leor we're talking about constructive dismissal. So uh, your employer does something after, you know, maybe next week after hearing our show today and you're thinking, no, nah, that could be a constructive dismissal. Sounds like it from what Leor said on the weekend. What do you do?
1: Well, first of all, what you don't want to do is just ignore it. Okay. And and if you're if you're going to be that kind of the good team player, you know, we had the caller earlier, which I think that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to be the good team player. So she allowed her employer to make those changes to her shifts. Well, the problem is if you do that, you have to understand that not only can you then be stuck and not be able to change your mind. But you may now curate a situation where your employer can do it again and again. So what Mm -hmm. you have to always think is, what's better? Am I better off leaving and getting severance? Or am I better off continuing to work and deal with the repercussions of that? And obviously, every situation and every person will be different. But if you think that what's transpired here is a constructive dismissal before you quit, before you tell your employer uh, no or or get into an argument with that employer, I want you to call me, because as I said, it's not every case and every change in every situation that's a constructive dismissal. So when we talk, I can tell you, yes it is, or no it isn't, and how to best deal with it. You can also go, as John said, to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have a tool there that allows you to assess whether your case is a constructive dismissal. It's free and anonymous. So there's tools and there's resources to allow you to deal with that constructive dismissal, but never ignore it.
0: And thank you, everybody, for the calls and correspondence today. Again, as I uh, mentioned throughout the entire hour, you continue the conversation on your own time with Leor. Yep, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a great start, including the severance calculator rolled into that one. The phone number to reach out uh, to Leor's team, one 821 5900 And finally, you can always try the email, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll pick it up next week here on the Employment Law Show on the Bell Talk Radio Network.